All right, we're trying this again, and I believe we do have volume this time, which is super exciting. <laughs> Hi, thanks for, for joining us, and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy take two. Take two. So of number two. Take two of number two. Does that mean two. we got to have 20 takes on episode 20? I, I sure hope not. Yeah. So we have it going live again, and we're just we going to... So hopefully, if you're watching, could you just give us a thumbs up or comment and let us know that you can actually hear us? Because we were actually talking for a couple of minutes, and nobody was saying anything to us. I think they were probably testing their speakers and wondering, hey, we have sound. Yay! Thank you. Thanks, Preston. That's really helpful. So, so hi. Who are you? So, who are we? We are, uh, I am Gene Leggett. I'm the CEO of One More Story Games. And this is Blair Leggett, hi. the CTO. He is the brainchild behind our game creation software, which is the software we're going to be using to create the adaptation for Charlene Harris's Ta-da. novel. Shakespeare's Landlord. Right. Now, if you joined us for the chat last week, you would have noticed that we were a little bit on the, I would say, excitable, maybe even a little bit hyper. Did I interrupt you at all? You may have interrupted a few times, like just now. Just now. Just now. So we're so going to do that. We're going to try and take that down a notch. It's um, mostly we want to slow down so that you understand our Canadian accent. And. Hey. Really, we want to share this whole experience about sharing the game creation process is we really want you to get to know us, but we also want to invite you to be part of the planning and the creation of Charlene's world because we want to do a great job with this novel. We have plans for the second novel as well. And so there's a huge opportunity for us to to show you what it's like to adapt a story, adapt a novel into a story-based game. Or if you've been to our website, you've seen that we've got a couple of shorter games. So we have like a 10-minute game by 11-year-old Kira. Now, uh, that's an interesting one. It's called Attack of the Killer Zombie Cats. And you play as Barack or Michelle Obama. And you encounter Hillary Cat and Trumpy Cat. That's all I'm going to say. But it's 10 minutes long and it's really endearing. So check that out. If you're kind of curious about what a mystery game, mystery story-based game looks like, then I highly encourage you to check out Mandatory Upgrade. That is a fantastic game. And it also won Game of the Year in Toronto. So Blair's actually just grabbing a promotional card for Mandatory Upgrade. If you would like a code for that... Then uh, and the style is all like this, uh, like yeah. The, so the sketch drawings. It's sketch drawing. There's a little bit of digital art, but every single game that we have is very different in its look and feel, and also how you play the games. So if you'd like a promo code for Mandatory Upgrade, did I mention that it um, it won Game of the Year? Did I already say that? Yes, you did. I did. So it's a really great game, and it's kind of Congrats sort of. To Christy Hoare, who wrote it. You yeah, know. it's it's a really cool game, and the reason. Set in Hamilton. See, I'm we're doing it again. again. You're doing it again. So you're gonna have like tons of time to talk because you are right now the primary guy that's breaking down the novel. We'll, we'll get it. So I'm not gonna interrupt you when you're talking. Oh. Okay, so. So Mandatory Upgrade, really great. It's it's the kind of game where you go and you, as the player, you're interviewing suspects and you're unlocking more and more topics in conversation. That's a mechanic that we'll be using in the, in the Shakespeare yeah. series as well. 
because, you know, there's 56 characters in that first novel. And we have been, we want to do this right. Like we're, we're really going in diving deep. So Blair, what's on the agenda for today's chat? Well, I wanted to follow up from last time and, and, and apologize publicly for intervene, interrupting you all the time. Um, we're playful, but, but if it's not, we're helping to get our message across then that's not good. So, but we want to talk about how we met Charlene Harris. Which yes. is a really interesting story. It's, you know what, Charlene is the sweetest, sweetest lady. And, you know, she's sold like over 36 million novels. She's had her shows on HBO. And I don't know if you're all knowing, but if you're well, all knowing, are you omnipotent? So I don't know if you already know that her latest series, Midnight Texas, is going to be on Can't NBC. And it's coming out at the end of July. I think it's July 25th or 29th. I'd have to look that up again. 24th, 25th? Somewhere in there yeah, yeah, yeah. last week, and it's super exciting. So Bobo Winthrop, which is in the Shakespeare series, is in the Midnight series, and uh, Charlene's actually going to have to rename Bobo for our game because NBC now has the rights to Bobo. So that's okay. We're working on that. Though. We're working on that. Yeah. You know, maybe we'll call him Bob for now. But so... We met Charlene. We went to a reader-writer conference because we love readers. You know, we, we love, love writers. We love writers, and we love people who love story-based games. So we went to this conference called BoucherCon, which was in Long Beach, California. It rotates, and love Bobo and Booth in both. Yeah, thanks, Megan. And I know that Megan's been a huge fan. She's been like waiting forever for this game to come out. So thanks for watching the broadcast. And do all the novels, she says. I would love to do all the novels, and uh, we'll just have to see how it goes. We'll talk more about that as we're building the story. So Yes. So we met Charlene at Long Beach, and there's about 2,000 readers and writers at this conference. And I will tell you, if you ever wanted to meet somebody like Charlene, they are particularly approachable, I think, at a reader-writer conference versus like a Comic-Con or some of these larger conferences because you're sort of surrounded by your fans so we waited for oppressed as fans though right like to for me to meet jeffrey deaver was i mean maybe we'll post a picture of that yeah at some point, you we'll, know? we'll talk about that later but we're talking about charlene charlene now. it's all about charlene today that's right and so i waited for a quiet moment after she had signed armfuls of books by her fans and i just approached her and i said have you considered turning your books into games now, for those of you that are diehard Charlene fans, you would know that she had done a game in 2010, but it was just, it was a very short series. It was meant to be a longer series, which didn't go to completion, and it was what's called a hidden object game. So it's like, find the cup, find the rose, find the this, and not really a story-based game. So... Done by a designer who we highly respect, though. I, well, Jane Jensen. We can talk about my favorite games. Yeah, we'll get into that. Yes. Yeah, that's another topic. But yes, see, you're doing it again. I know, but I wanted to give props to Jane. Though. That's true. Like, I, I don't want it to seem like it was somehow her fault that her her series didn't quite work. No, it's story based games are very different from hidden objects games. How many of you play mobile games on your phone that are puzzle games? Give us a thumbs up if you're a. I I have been playing. I just deleted one because I finally played as much as I could. But story-based games are an opportunity for the designers to really dive deep into the characters, the character relationships, the motivations. And so when I had asked Charlene and she had mentioned this older game, what 
came of that was my just saying, is that something we can help you with? And she said, quote, this is going in the book, that would be lovely, dear. So 14 months later, after much backing and forthing between her agency and us, we had a signed contract. Got the and rights. And we got the rights for the first two novels. And of course, the second novel, we can't create it until we can show so how Shakespeare's awesome. Champion so Shakespeare's the Champion one. is the next one that so. we're working on. And Shakespeare's Landlord is the first one. Yeah. So we got to do it right. And then I believe we'll have the rights to the rest of them. So we'll work on it. So. We'll work on it. So that's the story of how we met Charlene, and she's just really been... Really down to earth, and it was a great experience. If you ever have that chance, yeah. go ahead. Well, she's, she's, she's tiny. She's tiny. We're tall. And, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm not tall. I'm okay. five foot four. So she's actually shorter than I am, and she's so sweet. She's absolutely sweet. So, so that's the story. Thanks for letting me finish it. Yeah. And, um, okay, so Tick, we, we just told the Charlene story. And, oh, you're reading Shakespeare's Champion right now. Yay! Oh, awesome, awesome. Now, I posted on Twitter. So there is a Twitter. It's at Lilybard Online, which is the Charlene, the Charlene, the Lilybard Project Online. And I asked people, what, what novels have you read? Which ones are your favorite? And somebody had mentioned that they loved Shakespeare's Champion and Shakespeare's Christmas because that's where you see the romance between Lily and Jack, and it's kind of nice to see Lily in a different light that way. So most, I would say most of our chat is going to be on Facebook. And Brianna, Brianna, thank you, Brianna. Thank for, you. She is actually joining us as our social media intern this summer, and she's going to make sure that we're, we're on the ball and sharing relevant content and making sure that you're all feeling like you're engaged because we want your insight. We yeah. want... We were doing character development this week with our artist, Anthony, and spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sorry. <laughs> so, um, and so we were thinking about like what actresses would be great to, to start putting together a collage so that Anthony, our artist, can start to draw them and sketch them out. So that's a lot of fun for us. And it's not something that novelists typically think about. Well, they sometimes do. Maybe though. they do. They've got people in mind, though, don't they, you think? I don't know. I'd be curious to know. I know we have a couple of writers who are watching right now. Do you have, like, a vision board or, um, like, do you post up pictures of actors or faces that resemble your characters so that you can draw more easily or write more easily from them? I'm having the Costco hot dog hiccups. That uh -oh. is awful. Uh -oh. I apologize now. Uh-oh. Okay. So, Blair, what, what are we talking about today? So, what are we talking about? Well, I'm not going to interrupt this much. Okay, we've established that. Okay, all right. <laughs> I mean, this is, it, and really from our last time when we did the talk, it's, it's trying to give as much excitement that we're having with this project and to bring it to the fans of Charlene and... We don't have all the answers, but and we're trying to figure stuff out as we go along. Mm -hmm. So Shakespeare's Landlord, yes, uh, was written in 1996, um, and and so times were a little different back then. I mean, it's set in the to give you like some background. It's set in the town of Shakespeare, Arkansas. Oh, I'm going to interrupt you now. Go ahead. Okay, so Blair. Um... Blair has been doing the, the nitty-gritty. We have a couple of really cool things that we've been doing in the past week. 
One is going through the entire novel. I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that. How many times have you been through it? Oh, at least three times now. And I'm now listening to it constantly on Audible to sort of get and put piece together clues and stuff like that. So we're putting together the, the mental list of all of the locations. And, and Blair said that there was an interesting note in the novel about how it's an hour and a half from Little Rock. So he went and took Google Maps and did a uh, radius and found that we think the closest town that kind of resembles what Shakespeare is described well, as. Maybe we should like leave that as a question for next time. Ooh. Oh. And give a prize to somebody who, who gets it. As long as they don't cheat and look on your Facebook page. Oh, no, that's right. I posted the... Go delete it. <laughs> so, you know, it's about finding what is... So Shakespeare is a fic fictional town. Fictitious? Fictitious. Fictional. Fiction fictional. Thank you. <laughs> fictional town. And uh, how many locations have you identified? Oh, in the in the actual story in, in the itself. Novel, yeah. Well, I can actually show you. Like this is all of my notes here for. So there's there's a lot. I'd say there's at least twenty or thirty, and in some cases, there's places that we don't actually encounter in the novel, but they're talked about. And so that's actually one of the problems we have when adapting this is because. You don't know, Lily knows where she needs to go and she goes according to where Charlene takes her in the story, but you as a player, you could, you should in theory be able to explore anywhere in Shakespeare. And so that's actually fun when we get to build in some of the locations and people from the other novels. That are actually going to be built into this game. Because we want to bring Shakespeare to life and that's part of the way that you'll sort of get to do it. So you might somebody in this game who's dead by the next game just because you know but but you sort of get a chance to meet them beforehand which is kind of cool well one of the things that we did talk to Charlene about was with this first novel and also with the the first adaptation was that we're able to draw from and All allude to some of the stuff that's happened do we get to learn karate <laughs> there is going to be a lot of karate but but uh which is we can allude to some of the characters so perhaps in shakespeare's landlord you might end up going to body time gym and encountering a character but we don't really meet them until book four but yeah. you might have a very superficial conversation with them and that might be some foreshadowing of what is to come. Yeah. So ideally, if you're a fan of the series, you'll get really excited because we're, we're trying to be very true to her work, but at the same time, make, why would you want to play a story-based game that's based on the novel? It's because you are Lily. Everything is through Lily's eyes and... Um, so we want to really open that up for you. That's that's and that's really the challenge as we go through. I, I mean, I can sort of show you here. So this is starting can you to show a little closer. No, I don't want to go too close. But okay. Oh, spoilers. Yeah, that's right. So that's kind of showing what we're doing, the kind of detail we're doing to take it you through every chapter of the novel. I mean, ultimately, you are Lily, and you will make different choices than the choices that Lily made. Okay. Can we? But. Uh -huh. But the world should respond and be true to Charlene's characters, the world. I mean, it should, you know, feel like Shakespeare, Arkansas. If we do our job right, you feel like you're exploring this little town. 
and getting to know all the people and all the gossip that flows around and stuff like that. So go ahead. Should we tell them how it starts? Yeah, that first scene? Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is not going to be a spoiler. This is literally what we have decided of how to start the game. Okay. All right. So have you read the books? If you've read the books and you don't want to hear it, go la, 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 la. It's literally page eight, I think. It is. <laughs> it is. We have to start with the the body in the park. And we won't name the body. But um, if you've read the novel, you'll know. And so the idea is that when we open the scene of the game, it's you stumble across what looks to be a body covered in garbage bags in the park. Now, in a linear story, while well, in the novel, Lily does sort of unravel the garbage bags, and then there's consequences of her having done that. Can I give her Deidre Dean some good advice early in her life? <laughs> yeah, she yes. could use... She could use some advice, that's for sure. Um, so you as a character, you playing as Lily, you actually have a couple of choices. You can ignore the body and call Claude Friedrich. You could... Chase after. Chase after the person who was seen dumping the body. You can investigate the body. You can investigate the body and walk away. Maybe you do nothing. And so we have come up with a number of different ways that will, you know, obviously if you just walked away from it, there are still ramifications. Yeah. If you think about somebody is trying to implicate you in the murder, so eventually you'll get sucked into the game anyways as Lily. So there are consequences for those kinds of actions. And what's great is the way that Charlene has written it. She actually gives clues at times for where... You know, what would have happened? Sometimes Lily, you know, Lily as Lily will think about, oh, I should just tell this person off, right? But it's like, no, I can't do that. But wouldn't it be fun to see what happens if you did tell them off? And then you get to sort of see the consequences from that. Or if you didn't do something, like if you didn't phone in the body, if you read the book very carefully, you, you see what the consequences are going to be. And we get to do that again and again and again to really tell this story. I'm curious. We haven't even discussed this. This is totally off the cuff. Uh-oh. What if you choose not to have a relationship with Marshall? I've thought about that. Okay. Yep. Yep. So you could have the romance track or the not romance track. And um, What if you have a relationship with Carlton? Oh, okay. See, these are these are things that... Yep. Now, Blair, you've spent a lot of time, you've gone through, mm -hmm. and you've developed the, the linear, so yes. like, so exactly as the book. So that's part of the design of how we're doing the story. So if, if I actually showed you the page that was, so this actually goes for like 24, 25 pages. That is the linear flow of the novel, looking at all of the choices that Lily makes or, or the events that happen to her. So it just, like goes out like that and so what we're trying to do then is weave in at each point what kind of other choices could you make and so to take that string of pearls almost and split it out mm -hmm. and then eventually it's going to be like this woven web of choices and interactions and consequences well like if she ends up in a relationship with carlton then maybe marshall's wife d doesn't get her knickers in a knot this is right yeah. so everything has a knock-on effect yep and and that's our job is to think about all of those different knock-on effects 
and more importantly, what is your experience of having explored this world? So we have a big task ahead of us. Our, our hope is to publish the game October the 11th. Why? And because that is BoucherCon Toronto that kicks off that conference, and we've asked Charlene to come in a day early to Toronto to have the party. I can't wait. We can't wait, and we really want you to be at that party with us, so make sure you're signed up on the email list at lilybard.com. And we're going to be doing contests all summer. You can win some Lily swag, some OMSG swag. And, you know, we, we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't think that people were interested in the story. So, But more importantly, how other people can tell stories using the Story Stylus engine. Which we'll is have what, conversations Yeah, we'll get into that. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But really, it's, it's honoring the fans and honoring the work and showing just what's, you know... Yeah. What's possible? We're we're gonna constantly try to break the story in, in a good way, <laughs> to to come up with choices that we really got to think about of what would happen, what would be the knock on effects of this. Yeah, it's kind of like that movie Run Lola Run that people have. Yeah, uh, you know? and and going back, kind of like a choose your own adventure in a way. And the other thing that we're sort of curious about is, well, do we make it the same murderers in the book? Or do we open it up? Because We're going they're... through that right now. <laughs> so just because you think you know who the murderer is doesn't mean that... Oh, thanks, Love, Rebecca. Run, little run. So I just want to say hi to a few people. So we have... I think Darlene is still on the, on the chat. Darlene. Hi, Darlene. She's a huge Charlene fan. Oh, yeah? She will be at the party for sure. Oh, cool. And um, Megan, we'd love for you. You know what, Megan? If you have some advice that you would like Lily to give Dieter Dean, then make sure... Uh, you want to write some dialogue, Megan? <laughs> if I'm pronouncing that right. Megan, yes. Megan. Megan, Megan, Megan. Okay. And, and Rebecca runs a really cool virtual reality colony uh, Colony VR. Colony VR. So we think she's pretty cool. She loves the Nancy Drew series, which is also a great mystery series and a mystery games, right? So this is all honoring about the work of what we're trying to do of Nancy Drew. Maybe so, less mini games, but you know. Well, we'll see. We'll see what this looks like in the end. What else was on our topic for today? Because I see we're at twenty-two minutes. We're at twenty-two minutes. We're going to try to wrap this up here. Well, in eight minutes, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We wanted to have some more art to show off so each week we'll try to show you some of the new stuff that won't work so well as a, an audio podcast but we'll maybe include that in the show liner notes yeah and... for sure and we'll uh since we're we can't really do like um sharing just yet but what we could do is we could put the the graphic on one of the tablets and we can show you and we'll also post them into the comments as well yeah that'd be good and because this weekend anthony is working on the character sketches for lily Marshall and Claude so that's pretty exciting so you can get the we'd love your feedback if you think that Lily should have shorter hair we are not giving Lily a perm that's the only thing I insist on I don't care that the game is set in 1996 she's not gonna have a perm and um, what's the name of the perm salon where Lily gets her hair done oh for crying out loud dear see this is all the fans might know if, if, if a fan knows we'll give you a, a free game right now How's that oh, sounds? okay. All right. Now, Any Lily fans out there? That's who knows? right. It's in you the first comment. couple of pages of the book too. So if you're okay. reading right now, it's all right. But that's the fun of trying to make this 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 world come alive. So other things we wanted to get into. So what about setting it 
modern versus 1996. We briefly talked about that on the last podcast. And, you know, that's tough. It, it is tough because the, the key story or the key reason why Lily is in Shakespeare is that she wants to get away from her life in Memphis because something really tragic happened to her, which we'll talk about in a, another chat. That's a whole other chat. It's like, yeah. how do we deal with that very difficult conversation of what happened to Lily, which is chapter five of this book, and we won't go into it right now. No. So, you know... If if we set the game in modern time, then likely the characters would have smartphones and the internet. And so how do we get around uncovering who Lily is? Like people would know who she is. I don't know about you, but I Google anyone that sends me a resume and I like to can, know can who I, they are. Can I say something funny? I was doing a, some research before this podcast and I found a web page 25 movies that were could would be destroyed if they were set in modern times. Okay. So literally the plot wouldn't work because you have a smartphone, you can do research, you can immediately text someone or get information to them. It's and that was kind of neat. So Exactly. Well, because you know what? Lily could have Facebook lived that body dumping. Right? <laughs> Just like we're Facebook living now. It was really dark though. Well, you know, I'm sure iPhones are like super awesome. What Go with it, dear. Go with it. Go with it. So, in 1996 is the year that Blair and I met. Yeah. And the internet really was just starting to get going. I remember because before I met Blair, it was on web personals, which is, you know, lava life or whatever it was. It's way, it was way better. Than, the world was a cleaner the place than Tinder. The dating scene was very different. The dating scene was very different. So, we've had that conversation. And I, what do we decide? I think we need to set it in 1996. I think so, too. And keep it that way. So no smartphones, no no and, and internet, really. I no. mean, the police would have it. You'd have it at the library. Except you'd have to hear it as ear, ear. <laughs> the sound of the modem. Yes. Thumbs up if you remember that modem sound. <sighs> or thumbs up if you want me to stop. You've got mail. <laughs> oh, is that copyright? Uh-oh. <laughs> so it... That is what we're going to do. We're going to keep it in 1996. And, I mean, Bobo is seventeen, eighteen, then, and then in Midnight, as when you see the series, which we can't wait for, Midnight, Texas, later in July. Well, maybe we could have viewing parties. Yeah. That'd yeah, be good. that'd be fun. Yeah. So, Bobo's only like seventeen, eighteen when when Shakespeare's Landlord happens. So, and that has ramifications and effects for, for Midnight, in that way so hmm. you know we'll talk about that as we go along but that's oh so is midnight set in modern time yes so yeah. is bobo like 40 or 35 yeah he's in his 30s oh yeah. interesting yeah. okay the, the actor who plays him uh -huh. is canadian oh that's cool yeah he's out in Vancouver. that's 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 a fascinating thing to know about a boot. Uh -oh. A boot. Okay, we don't really say a boot. <laughs> Just to Americans. No. That's. <laughs> we live in an igloo. No, we don't. No, so, anything else that you want to add before we wrap up? So, we just hope that you guys, if if you have questions, you know, post it, post into the the chat, um, or you know, we're we're thinking of getting some other podcasting tools. Mm -hmm. um, we might have like an answer line at some point where you can leave questions that we. 
post yeah. during Tara Ann's. Yes, that is correct. Ah, Megan, we will be sending you Tara a Anne's. copy of uh, Danielle's Inferno, which is a two-hour game set in the. Right, it's it's the... a dark comedy set in the nine circles of hell. It's like Monty Python meets the Divine Comedy. We're gonna send you a promo code for that, Megan. There you go. It's so really that's pudding really the cats. funny. Yeah, yeah, that's pudding. <laughs> um, it's definitely a game for the plus sixteen crowd. So there's like four naughty words in the beginning, and I tried to remove most of the naughty words. And that's uh, that's about two hours of gameplay. That's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It is. It's quirky. It's funny, and you know we appreciate that you're watching the the, the broadcast live and leaving comments. That makes us feel really good, but more importantly, like I said, we, we're going to be posting pictures, and we want to get your feedback. We, you know, we also gonna, want you to be early testers of the game as we get into, might even get into that, yeah. you know, late August and into September. So, Megan, you might end up being one of those early testers. Who knows? Yeah, we'll maybe open that up. For, Megan, uh, where do you live? Well, we'll don't. See, I just, I want to know. I know, but we're going to run out of time soon. Okay. So, so this All is, right. but if you have any other questions or, or maybe there's something about the story you'd like to know more about, you know, give us, drop us a line or let us know. It's, we're trying to involve you guys in as much as the process and really bring Shakespeare to life. We might even have, maybe we'll have a map of Shakespeare for you next time or. Next time or the, the time after. Probably, yeah. 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 I think next time so. we're going to have. We're, we're, aw, you guys are awesome. Well, thanks for making us feel so loved. Thank Pennsylvania, you. that's not too far, Megan. So, you know, think about booking on your calendar October the 11th to come to Toronto. Get your passport in order. Yeah. And, we'll put uh, you up in an igloo. Don't worry. That's right. We'll put you up in an igloo. <laughs> and so. But we want you guys to have fun. And, and so. Next time, what are we talking about? Next time, what are we talking about? Um, well, maybe we'll get into some of the character sketches and stuff like that. And, yes, yes. And and actually, we're we're doing some rendering of uh, the park. Yeah, the park and Shakespeare apartments, so mm -hmm, garden mm -hmm. apartments. So, so you'll get to start to see some of that. Yeah, yeah it'll and be it'll really come exciting. To life. So in the meantime, Megan, I'm going to send you a promo code. And thanks, everybody, for watching. If you would like a promo code for Mandatory Upgrade, just leave a note, and I'll keep send you a message. And keep on watching. We'll see you next Friday at 3 o'clock Eastern Pacific Time. And have yourself, for our American friends, have yourself a fantastic Memorial Day weekend. Be safe. And uh, for our Canadian friends, see you later. See you next week. All right, see you next week. Thanks, Bye. Guys.